Hi diddly ho prepperinos, this is Nat the Preparedness Guy on Preparedness Works. This week I have a juicy treat for you. It is the first half of my interview on the Disaster Class podcast. So I'm giving you the that episode in whole right here. The Disaster Class is hosted by Wesley Long and Jason Perez, who are also part of the Readiness Lab. And next week we'll be sharing the second half of that interview. As emergency managers or emergency responders, obviously we get a little more training and education in this, uh, but what we do is not way beyond the scope of, of everybody. Uh, so when, when we look at this and break down, look at any any situation, we really just break it down to the basic principles. Uh, anybody, anybody can do it if they understand those principles. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason Perez. And I'm Wesley Long. And we're bringing you a fresh new take on disaster preparedness. Welcome to Disaster Class. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disaster Class Podcast. I'm Jason Perez. And I'm Wesley Long, and I'm excited to be here. We are excited to be here. So maybe, I don't know if Nat, I mean, we have Nat Sellers with yeah. us today, the preparedness guy, not not a preparedness guy, the preparedness the guy. Preparedness guy. Um, but I don't know if he wants to do, you know, we have a little tradition with the bell. Classes in session. Classes. classes in session. There we go. Yes. Thank you. We have a thing and you <laughs> nailed it. Nat, it is awesome to have you with us. Um, so just maybe a little introduction. Yeah. So you are a professional emergency manager, um, but you're also just a, a, a preparedness and survival enthusiast. Um, and you, so you have a um, little social media presence. You're known as the preparedness guy. Um, and you're also starting up a podcast um, on the Readiness Lab Network. So, uh, first of all, welcome to Disaster Class. Thank you. So, um, maybe just to start, um, I mean, if if we, I know sometimes on our social Disaster Class social media page, we'll we'll repost some of your stuff because you, we we Hilarious. we've actually before we got to meet you, we had been Hilarious. following you for for quite a, bit. a while. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we'd love some of the stuff. For any of our doing. viewers and listeners, if you haven't checked out the preparedness guy, do it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, we thank you. So maybe we could just start getting a little bit uh, about your background, your yeah. origin story. Um, yeah. Tell us about so how I was, it all started. Yeah, I was bitten by a radioactive emergency kit. Of course. Nice. I yeah. love this origin story. They never and, really gave us the full story in the MCU, so this is great. And then after after like a montage of preparedness clips, here I am. Bam! I love it. Bam! I should try that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, I, um, I I don't know if there was one, uh, you know, pivotal moment. I think there were a lot of pivotal moments. Uh, I talk about some of them in episode one of Preparedness Works. Nice. That's the name of your podcast on the radio. That's the name of my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do talk about a couple incidents that happened when I was young, but there were, there were a lot. I I did have some good examples around me of, of people who um, responded well in emergencies and disasters. My scoutmaster, when I was a a teenager, I was in the boy scouts, became an Eagle scout. So be prepared as part of that. But my scoutmaster was a um, fire firefighter, uh, fire captain, and um, just seeing him, cool as a cucumber and uh, competent in high stress environments when somebody was hurt when we 
rolled up on a car accident on the way home from camp and he just knew what to do. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't like not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't like feeling helpless in different situations. And, and in that episode, I talk about a couple of situations where I, or one situation where I did feel helpless, uh, but I knew I wanted to do something. So I, I tried to learn as much as I could, um, you know, from the uh, Western United States, Intermountain West and in Idaho. And so preparedness is kind of part of the, the culture there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so is basically all things uh, around that shooting guns, going camping, yep. doing all that sort of thing. So um, part of it was just being raised in the environment and nobody called themselves a prepper. I don't think the phrase was coined until like 1998 anyway, or something like that. Um, see how many times I can say something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Turn this into a drinking game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I can't say like, oh, I was, I was always a prepper. I was raised a pepper. We, you know, when I, when I was a teenager, I took hunters said we went hunting once a year. We mm-hmm. occasionally would can something, but anyway, we always had some sort of, of food storage, uh, but overall, I wasn't, you know, we really wouldn't have considered myself a, a, a prepper and the term is so loaded that, that it's hard to use it anyway. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But as I kind of went on this journey to be more competent and more capable, learning new skills, learning uh, about what tools I needed and the resources that I would need to be able to help other people and help myself. And it took me, you know, many years of accumulating skills where I you know, realized like I am trying to prepare for anything. There's a, a quote from um, Lord Baden-Powell, Robert Baden-Powell. He's the uh, founder of the scouting movement over in, in um, the UK. And somebody once asked him about the motto, be prepared be prepared for what? He says, oh, any old thing. And I really like that because it's not necessarily a doomsday thing. A lot of people have their, have their pet doomsday scenario. Uh, that's something that, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about that, but that's kind of a fear-based approach, which a lot of people think if I'm prepared for the worst case scenario, I'm prepared for anything. And I really think it's opposite. If you're prepared for everything, you're prepared for anything. So if you prepare for your needs, you don't worry about the distractions that are behind you focus on, on what you need. And then the hazard and disruption doesn't matter so much. Uh, so it it is fun to talk about zombies and, uh, post-apocalyptic scenarios, all of that, that sort of thing. And, uh, so it's, it's fun to talk about that. And there are lessons to be learned from that, Mm -hmm. but overall it's just, you focus on your needs and then the minor disasters, major disasters, you're better off than, than you were. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let's take a quick break for this week's sponsors. Sawyer products offer the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, water, and injuries. Everything from insect repellents to water filtration. The filters are used in disaster situations all around the world. So whether you are in the backcountry or in the backyard, check out Sawyer.com to learn more. Disaster Class is brought to you by Instinct Ready, whose mission is to educate, prepare, and equip the everyday person for disasters through comprehensive education and premium products. Disaster Class listeners can get 10% off site-wide at instinctready.com with promo code DISASTERCLASS. Visit instinctready.com today because preparedness starts at home. When you need an emergency plan, you need Doberman Emergency Management. Whether you're buying a home and want to know about your local hazards, 
or you're a professional needing additional support, Doberman Emergency Management can help. Visit DobermanEMG.com today to learn more. Okay, let's head back to the show. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, when, when I when I think of Prepper, and of course now it's, I think it's morphed into this thing of like zombies and post-apocalyptic thing. But when you really get down to the very basis of it, it's just learning how to live simply and off the land and resources, right? It's kind of like, we're so used to our modern world, like technology that we've become so dependent on these things where really the people who are are preppers, they, they know how to live off of without those modern day uh, conveniences, which is, you know, back in the old times, that was just called life. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's a lot of it is just becoming more Mm self-reliant and shortening your supply chain. Um, If I, I'm completely reliant on uh, a component of something that has to go from Taiwan to Japan to San Francisco across uh, to a factory in the Midwest to be assembled and then shipped to me. Then so many points of failure I'm, there. <laughs> yeah, right. So many points of failure. And if I can find an alternative that I have more control, more control over, over yep. then, then it's less uh, susceptible to disruption. Yep. Yeah, just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I like what you said. He's now a professional emergency manager. He doesn't just play one on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. What do you do for your profession? And also, how did you get into that too? Yeah. uh, Back in the day, long time ago, I, I, um, I joined the national guard, the army national guard. And they trained me as a combat medic. And, um, that included, a. uh, all, uh, what, what did I say? Uh, expense paid trip to all, all expense paid trip to <laughs> Iraq. So, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, they it, definitely good, good, uh, amount of training and, uh, all of that. So that would kind of set me off on a, on a professional course of, of, you know, my origin story. And, uh, I came back, they paid for college. So I was in college, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And towards the end, I learned that there was a career field called emergency management. Because I was thinking like, man, if I could just do survival stuff as a job, that would be awesome. And there's kind of a you know division between like wilderness survival and, and emergency preparedness, even though there's a lot of crossover as well. Uh, but I looked at like rec management, um, which was uh, if I didn't have to worry about you know, providing for my family. That might've been the, the, the degree I followed. Sorry to any rec management majors out there, but um, you no, know, that's the cool stuff. You got to go um, do all the outdoor adventure stuff, um, working with, with different groups, um, team building, leadership skills, all integrated. And that's, that's kind of the approach that I'm trying to take with, with emergency preparedness and emergency management is that there are life skills you can learn as you go through this. It's, mm-hmm. it's valuable just by doing the, the process of becoming more prepared mm-hmm. um, not just the end result. Uh, but so I realized that uh, that was a career path. I was most of the way through school and I thought, thought, well, better graduate as quickly as possible. And I just did whatever I needed to, to graduate uh, and then get into the field and do a master's program. I got my master's degree in emergency disaster management, started working full-time. I've done uh, public health, uh, higher education, healthcare, worked with a lot of different communities and organizations. Uh, I was, I switched to the air national guard and was an emergency manager for them. They trained me as a hazmat technician, a seaburn specialist, really, really cool opportunity uh, to do that. Um, 
a cool job as far as uh, military jobs go, you know, a lot less sweeping floors and, and sleeping in the mud. I had a lot of fun and a lot of time doing that, but yeah. uh, definitely got to, to level up. Nice. Um, nice. Switch into the air force. Got to go to UAE for six months and um, do some seabird stuff over there and emergency management. So it was, it's all just kind of part of it. And right now I'm trying to build up the emergency preparedness side of it uh, because that's where I think the most impact is. Uh, maybe not the wide, most widespread impact. Emergency management is very top down because if you mm -hmm. can change the policy, that's going to change people's behavior because anytime a policy or a program or a law is implemented, then um, basically people are compelled to, to obey and comply. Uh, but I really really am looking at the bottom up empowering individuals yeah. making them as capable yeah. as possible that, that's that's, that's really our, our mindset yeah. too at instinct ready um is a ground up grassroots mm -hmm. approach um it's so hard to get things <laughs> coming down from the top down yeah. but if you can if you can invoke that change from the bottom it can do so much good um and and you've kind of you've talked about and just now like you know some of the life skills that you can learn and prepare just like it can be fun mm -hmm. um now your podcast so your the podcast is uh preparedness works right that's the that's right that's the title so now you kind of have a specific goal in that podcast what what is it that you're working towards and what are you going to be covering in that podcast so uh quite a few things that and i like the 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 term preparedness works in the first episode we talk about or I talked about how we switched it from being master of the preparedness arts to preparedness works mm -hmm. and the benefits of, of either title but I really like preparedness works because the the term works can mean a lot of different things so I talk about those but you think about like it works it's it because it does right that's it's preparedness functional. works mm -hmm. it's functional uh, but the works on a pizza is everything yeah so all topics related to preparedness uh, if we're talking about the works and then like the inner workings the works of a clock mm. uh, so breaking it down and looking at the the aspects of how things fit together how they work most effectively and efficiently uh, so what i want to do with it is talk about those principles um, really break it down question kind of the myths that are out there um you know a lot of you know, we'll just look at one thing i just did a video with uh, contingency medical they're an antibiotic company and um, a lot of people get animal antibiotics, which are the same antibiotics, right? You can go, um, you buy them without a prescription. They are the same actual antibiotics, but you haven't been screened by a physician. You're not, you don't have somebody you can call and consult. And, th and that's what these companies are doing. So I did a video with one of them where I, I go into a store and I'm you know, being all sneaky. So no one tells me and then I, I get caught trying to buy these antibiotics. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, but that's that's kind of a it's not a not a myth, but it's just one of these things that like man, there's just a simpler way, because you can go through a, a physician, and do it. And you know there are there are people have some questions about um, well should we should we be allowing people just to have antibiotics on hand? But the um, there's a guidebook with it that says these are the conditions. Uh, that you would have that would require this specific medication, and you get physician consultation. Like you can pick up the phone, uh, but in case of a disaster and you can't pick up anyone on the pick up someone on the phone you've got the right medications in the right dose for the right conditions ready to go so uh so just finding finding better solutions for things and i know it's not a perfect solution and and other people might 
might feel confident in, in their own medical skills where they could get the fish mocks, you know, fish mocks so on or whatever. Um, but, but I'm, I'm just trying to look at, I'm trying to look at the best tools. Um, we're looking at tourniquets. The cat tourniquet is mm. kind of the gold standard yeah. or similar, similar tourniquets. The ones that are, uh, that are effective versus I'm going to say it like the rats tourniquet. I'm not a fan, not that it can't be effective, right. but that the cat tourniquet is built to be effective versus the rats is requires requires the user to be effective right. so my kids can use the cat tourniquet effectively yep. i could use the rats effectively but i want something that's going to do the work for me yeah. and that's episode three nice. um, setting yourself up for success preparedness works right. uh, so uh, what else i want to do with the with the podcast is find the individual stories i, I just did an interview with a lady who had evacuated in a wildfire and that was her second wildfire she's had to evacuate from in living in two different uh, locations. And hearing her story was, it's just really eye-opening uh, because not, not everybody experiences every emergency. I mean, those of us who are in emergency services, emergency management, we're more likely to interact with, with um, high-stress situations or people who are dealing with that. Uh, but when we're preparing, we're like, is this is this even worth my time, worth my effort? And not that we're preparing for the disasters, like we're preparing to meet our needs. Mm-hmm. But, and if you're, and if you're meeting your needs, then, then it's never a waste because you're, you're buying things that you're going to use anyway, uh, that you could rotate through, uh, or that you've identified as something like a fire extinguisher. Maybe you'll never use it, but it's still like, it's still worth having. It's, yeah. it's the, it's investment and insurance on that. Uh, but talking to these people who have been in these different um, situations, emergencies, how they prepared ahead of time to make their response more effective, the lessons they learned and the tips they have for other people. And then we try to have a little bit of fun uh, afterwards doing in this, in this last episode, we talked about the Goonies and preparedness lessons we learned from that. And I kind of, I kind of, I I asked her, what would you do if, if uh, you were the emergency management of the emergency manager of the town and you had to deal with all of these uh, events that are happening? I talked about some of the events and she's like, um, well, obviously I'm, I'm, concerned about the kids i was like yeah yeah, that's the that's a good answer priorities are life safety (laughs) people but but you know i i did i did feel a little bit like i um sprung it on her (laughs) i didn't tell her what to expect but um, she handled it so well and and that's and that's another thing too is is as emergency managers or emergency responders obviously we get a little more training and education in this uh but what we do is not way beyond the scope of, yeah, of everybody. Uh, so when, when we look at this and break down, look at any, any situation, we really just break it down to the basic principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody, anybody can do it if they understand those principles. And that's, yeah, that's right. what I want to get to is the, is the principles and how can you implement them in your own life? Man, that's beautiful. We can accomplish anything when we understand how it works. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, we're really looking forward to um, to catching uh, and listening to your podcast. Um, yep. Yeah, and of course that's on the Readiness Lab. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna, your your show is going to be one of our our sister shows um, on the Readiness Lab. Yep. Um, so you can find out more about it on the Readinesslab dot com. Oh, we're gonna have to get his logo up there. Yeah, we'll have to add you to. Yeah, we're gonna uh, add you to the to the team to the team here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Um. So one of the, one of the things that you've talked about um, in the past is, and especially when it comes to preppers, there is there's a little bit of a stigma 
out there. Um, but you've also talked about, and as your title of your podcast, preparedness works. It does work. Um, so what's some of the, I mean, I think you've done, you're, you like that kind of evidence-based approach and some of the ta- uh, things you've talked about as far as how preppers can actually be a force for good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I, I was uh, I was on with John on his uh, podcast uh, earlier this week or last week or something. We recorded something and he's like, I I am not a fan of the bunkers. <laughs> Essentially, is what he said. And it's like I I get what you're saying, but I wanted I want to ask like, does anybody know anybody with a bunker? Like I've never met a single person with an actual bunker. Nope. I know they're out there. They're but they're probably you know thousands of them, not hundreds of thousands, definitely mm-hmm. not millions, not hundreds of millions. Right. And, um, you know, so we, we, yeah, I, I, I get it. Like it's, it seems to, to him and to you know, most of us like, Oh, that's an extreme thing. You watch the shows, uh, like national geographic's doomsday preppers, mm-hmm. and it definitely skews people in a, in a, a certain way. And, um, it's, it's a show it's made for entertainment. Yeah. They were all required to pick some, cataclysmic event as the, the specific scenario they're responding to. Um, and then they're kind of put through the, the ringer on, on something that would make it good television, not just mm-hmm. people telling their, their actual story. And I've met uh, several people who've been on that show and guess what? They're normal people. You know, <laughs> not that they, not that they did, don't think that bad things can mm-hmm. ha- or will happen. Right. Uh, but you know, over the last three years, we've, you know, two, two and a half years, whatever we've, we've all known that bad things can happen yes. even longer than that. Like if any of us have, have really just been paying attention to anything our entire lives, mm-hmm. we know that sometimes bad things happen yeah. and you have a choice. You can say, Oh yeah, sometimes bad things do happen. What do I need to make sure I, I get through that? Or you can be like, hmm, well, sometimes bad things happen, but not my problem. Right. <laughs> what Head kind of reaction sand. is that? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's seen as a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And really that's just a product of, of the media, of uh, misunderstandings about what people do. Uh, because I have dealt with a lot of people who would call themselves preppers. And um, you get some people who are across the, the spectrum on, on intensity, uh, but generally they just want to provide for their needs. And almost everybody I've ever talked about preparedness actually just wants to help people too. All right. So we're going to pause our conversation here with Nat and pick it up again next week. But as always, there's homework. There's always homework. So we want you to like, uh, subscribe, uh, you know, fill out the alert button so that you are in the know whenever we post something here because this content is for you guys. And we would love for you to leave us the five-star rating, the thumbs up, all of that. And please also leave something you liked about the episodes. If it's Nat, if it's what he's doing over at Preparedness Works, if it's here, if it's us, it's the collaboration. Please leave us something that we can interact with so we can keep the conversation going. Yeah. And as always, if you have a question, you have a preparedness tip, a disaster story to share, send us an email at uh, disasterclass at instinctready.com or send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And doing so will always put you in the running to be featured on the show and win some cool stuff. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning into Disaster Class. Stay educated. Stay prepared. Stay equipped. We'll see you next time. Disaster Class is part of the Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. 